It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Fun night with the Jazz come up a point short. They lose to the Sacramento Kings 126-125. to 125. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. And the entertainment factor on this one was high, coach. I don't know if it's the best played ball game we've seen all year, but both teams wanted it. Both teams play, played hard, and the Jazz came up just a hair short. You know, pretty clean game. You know, the Jazz turned it over 13 times, 15 for the Kings. But relative to the way the game was played, you know, the, the pace was – was definitely up tempo. Sacramento just found easier ways to score at the end of the day. I thought, um, you know, throughout the game consistently, Jazz just had a couple breakdowns here and there. Um, you know, we talked about the transition stuff, and that, and that's really a big part of it. Uh, but I liked the way the Jazz competed tonight. They were, you know, down and out a couple of times and just kept roaring back. Uh, scored thirty-eight points in the fourth quarter, but not just too too let. Too, too little. Is that how you say it? Too, too little. Too late. And too late. There you go. Uh, Lowry Markin led the way with uh, 36 points, five boards, 16 of 24 shooting, one of seven from three, so not his best night shooting from distance. But uh, had that uh, shot with uh, about four, almost five seconds to go, and uh, did not get the best look. I bet he'd do that one over again if he had another shot at it. Yeah, felt like he rushed it. You know, four seconds is a long, long time, and it just felt like he kind of made his mind up, I'm going to go to this move. And Obviously, going through a couple of these things for the first time, you know, I'm sure he does it a lot with his national team, but in the NBA, uh, he's option number one now, and so he's going he's gonna to make his share. He's going to miss his share. Certainly, we know that with Jordan, right? Jordan always said that. Uh, you're remembered for the ones you you make though, and um, he'll get his opportunity again. Just that, that wasn't the best look. And of course, uh, Kevin Herter for the Kings hit what uh, ended up being the game-winning three. After the Kings got not one but two offensive rebounds, the Jazz failed to clear, and uh, he had a great night. I mean, uh, Herter tonight, his his final line: twelve of eighteen shooting, six of ten from three, thirty points uh, for Herter, and that was the biggest shot of the game. It was huge, and and it's so hard because the Jazz. Kind of funneled Fox into the spot they wanted, uh, made him shoot a contested two uh, from a longer mid-range, so it was a shot you can live with. But then for the ball, you know, not to be able to corral that rebound, and then the second one uh, mistime it, and then uh, obviously he does the, he does the damage out there. Um, had his feet set, and he he was good all night. So definitely had it going. Unfortunate, a couple bounces could have been different. 
So on top of uh, Herder's 30, the Kings got 28 from Sabonis, 28, 11, and 8. And he was a perfect 12 of 12 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3, 2 of 3 at the line. So had he not missed the one free throw, he would have had the uh, perfect shooting night to go along with 11 rebounds and 8 assists as he continues to just play basketball at an extraordinary high level. Although he did have seven turnovers. That's not so great, but maybe we'll ignore that and look at the rest of his line. <laughs> I actually give the Jazz a little bit of credit. They crowded him, you know, and when he was dribbling in, in up the floor at times, they didn't concede it. You know, they, they definitely kind of sped him up. In fact, he fell down one time. He did. And did not get touched, but Mike Conley was whistled with the foul, I believe. Um, so it is, you know, they, I feel like the Jazz did a good job of making him play a little faster, turning it over, but he certainly was unbelievable. He was perfect, 12 for 12. Uh, De'Aaron Fox had 24 for the Kings. He also had 10 assists, 10 of 24 shooting, one of five uh, from three, three rebounds, and he continues to be an electric player. So fast, plays with force. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, though. Uh, the shot Herter ended up hitting, they got a couple of shots from Fox that they certainly were happy with, not the one from Herter, although not their fault. I mean, with those offensive rebounds, they're scrambling to get out to him and just not fast enough. And everybody was involved, you know. It was really almost as though the ball eluded them. And sometimes it feels like that, especially when you're on a losing streak. But I like the way they fought and competed. With that kind of fight, um, you know, tomorrow night here at home, hopefully they can end the the, uh, the losing skid. Jazz scored 125 points tonight, not shooting the ball well from three at all. They were 8 of 32, 25%. And as we mentioned, Lowry Markinen himself, 1 of 7 uh, the Jazz lost this game by one. If you would have told me those three-point numbers, I would have told you they would have lost this game by a lot more. The, the other thing that's really great for me to see, um, the Jazz got to the rim tonight, took 30 shots at the rim. That's better than three. Yeah. I mean, uh, Which is what they got against Golden State. Uh, so, obviously, some improvement, understanding. You know, if you want to be a good three-point shooting team, you have to make sure the rim's always you know, the, the target. You've got to be able to drive that thing as far as they'll let you drive it. Um, you start getting cut off, kick it. That's where those threes become more effective, those inside-out threes. So the Jazz, it seems like they, <laughs> they're they a team that responds, and when they don't do things well one night, it seems like they do it much better the next. And it seems like in this road trip, we saw the defense be much better against Golden State. It was Dreadful the night before against San Antonio. It was their fourth quarter that let them down against Golden State. The Jazz had a great fourth quarter tonight and just couldn't get that last possession. And so if they put it all together, um, you know, the, the the odds of success are pretty good. But it seems like they, they, the pendulum is kind of going back and forth. One night it's a problem this, and then next, I mean, to go from three shots at the rim to 30, I mean, obviously they got a talking to listen, which I think is a good thing and responded only to have another, another issue pop up. And, and honestly, a young, young team in terms of their time together, um, found some success early, but they're, they're, they're hurting right now. They're, they're finding it difficult. Let's go to coach Hardy. You did well down the stretch. I thought guys had good spacing. We, um, executed a variety of different things both on ball and off ball and the guys did a good job of taking what the defense gave them uh, I thought Sacramento did a good job of trying to take away threes in general and that allowed for our team to drive the ball out tonight and get a lot of stuff at the rim and I thought the guys did a good job of that Lowry made a, a couple tough ones for sure but 
you know, for them, I thought their guys made some tough ones as well. I thought De'Aaron Fox made some tough shots, um, but I, you know, I'm not upset with our defense on him for him to have 24 points on 24 shots. Uh, I thought, you know, Sabonis obviously hurt us getting into our body uh, in the lane, getting to his left hand. That was, uh, you know, kind of consistent throughout the game. I think that's one thing that we could have done a better job of was, you know, defending him in the lane. But that's why he's an all-star caliber player is, you know, he's really tough to guard. He's very physical, has great footwork and good touch around the basket. Um, you know, Herter hit a couple tough ones as well. They're a good team. They're uh, That's a really good offensive team. They're well coached. Mike does a great job. So, um yeah, that was, uh, you know, if you're a fan, you love that fourth quarter. A lot of shot making going on. But, um, you know, I'll have to go back and watch the film on our defense. You know, I thought we can do a better job getting through the screens, but Sabonis is a great screener. Um, you know, De'Aaron Fox hit some tough ones for sure. What's the message um, after a game like this where you, know, you guys do a couple of times, a couple of pockets where they threaten to run away, you guys stay resilient, you stay in the game, yeah, it's number one, it's just meeting head on that it is tough. And it's it's healthy that they're upset right now that we lost um, because they they poured a lot of energy and emotion into that game. And I thought they they really played hard. You know, I think. It's about maintaining our approach. It's about maintaining our togetherness as a group, understanding that the NBA, it's really hard to win. And when you play good teams, it's especially on the road, it's hard to win. And sometimes it, it does hurt at the end. But like I told you guys, I told them that it's not just those last two plays that are the reason that we didn't win the game. It's... Uh, you know, there's stuff all throughout the course of the game that we can do a better job of as a group. Um, I thought, you know, for the most part, we did a good job in transition, but the ones that hurt are when you, you score a basket and they get out in transition and they immediately get a layup. Um, you know, for them to only have 13 transition points, I thought our group did a pretty good job tonight of getting back, but, um, you know, we can we can always be better in that area. But... The message in general is, you know, there's nothing we can do about this game now. And it's about us regrouping and getting to the game tomorrow in the right headspace, um, coming with a, a good collective mindset again uh, because we play a, a good Miami Heat team. When Mike picked up his fifth foul, it was right after he had a couple of really good possessions mm -hmm. with the ball and then also like kicking out and finding himself in the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that hurts. Um, you know, Mike's gotten a terrible whistle the whole season on the defensive end. He's, uh, I think he's competing pretty hard, and a lot of those bang-bang plays just have not gone his way so far. So, you know, he's he's maintaining his composure. He still doesn't have a technical in his career, which we're working on. Um, but, you know... It, it's always tough when you have to take out a guy who's one of your most important players when he's in a rhythm. But there's a lot of times you guys have seen throughout the season that I'm happy to play guys when they're in foul trouble. But when you have five with 
10 minutes or nine minutes to go in the game. That's a long way to go, especially when you're guarding Deer and Fox. So um, we tried to hold him out at least for a couple more minutes. But, um, you know, that that's why we're a team. And we rely on our depth. And I thought Colin played pretty well tonight as well. So um, everybody has to step up in those moments when we do have foul trouble. I saw Mike kind of advocating for Coach's challenge on a couple of his fouls before that fifth one. Was there deliberation there? No, we, we have a replay behind the bench. And we understand and the players understand that in the moment they think that it's not a foul. But when we look at the monitor, it's on our staff to determine what has the chance to be overturned and what doesn't. Um, you have to really be correct for the play to get overturned. So we that's where we have to separate the emotion of the moment that sometimes the players have and just tell them, like, I understand, but we're not just going to burn our challenge to burn our challenge. There you go. Jazz head coach Will Hardy is the Jazz drop one tonight in Sacramento to the Kings, 126 to 125. Uh, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way tomorrow night. The Jazz will be here at Vivint Arena to take on the Heat. That game will tip off at 7. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more post-game sound for you. We'll also get Coach Lacombe's thoughts on what we just heard from Coach Hardy. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Post Game Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz post game, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at markmillersubaru.com. The Jazz lose by one, 126 to 125. Uh, coach Lacombe, we just heard from uh, Coach Hardy. I thought it was interesting. They said it was a healthy thing. His team was so upset about this loss. Of course, we don't know. <laughs> Uh, exactly what their reaction was in the locker room, but it sounds like they were a little bent about how this one ended, and he called that a healthy thing. I thought that was pretty interesting. You, yeah, you want it to you want it to hurt, you want it to matter. Um, this team is competitive. We've seen that. They've only had a couple games <clears throat> all year where we've kind of felt like they, you know, the the energy hasn't been where it probably could be. Um, tonight, I felt like they really fought, and I do believe they were kind of right on the verge of getting blown out twice and fought back. And it's hard to do in a place like that. There was a lot of energy. So, yeah, you're, you're going to hurt, um, but learn the lesson. Like he said, it's not it's not the last two plays. It's plays all throughout the game. Um, so he's got a good grasp on it for sure. Yeah, and th- this team plays hard. I mean, you and I have been talking about it all season. I don't think they're going to get blown out in a whole lot of games this year. And, you know, Sacramento is a is a good team, kind of in the thick of it in the West. They're playing them on the road. The crowd, obviously, you know, we we heard it through Locke's call all night long, right down to the, what, light the beam chance there at the end that uh, it was a pretty electric environment. That's not going to be the easiest game to win, but the Jazz uh, aren't going to go away. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. 
I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Say that again, Jamil. Uh, let's get back to Sacramento and hear from Colin Sexton. Fourth quarter uh, was a terrific comeback. Um, just talk about how that thing, it, it was a tough game for you guys to, to rally back. The three just wasn't going down either tonight. Uh, we just didn't make shots, but we was in the game the entire time. And when it's like that, we're going to have those nights, so we just got to continue to be better on defense. You guys did uh, dictate tempo in the paint. You attacked uh, all night long. Kind of played the, the Kings type of game as well. Yeah, just try to pick and choose our spots and just try to look out and look for teammates as well. We just got to make shots next time, but we, we played really well. How about this road trip? Disappointing, but you've got to play again tomorrow night. How do you approach it and just shake it, shake it off? You're taking some time right now just to kind of decompress. Absolutely, just decompress and um, watch the film and get better and be ready to go tomorrow. We can't dwell on this one. You know, on this road trip, one thing that I keep seeing is just the no-quit attitude. That's, a, that's the beauty of this team, and I guess it's a test. If you lose, you just have to find a way. Yeah, absolutely. If you lose, we got to just continue to fight, and when we're down, we just got to continue to fight and just try to get back into the game. I want to get your quick thought on what Markkinen brought tonight. Um, he struggled with the three, but you guys continued to find him, and, and uh, the pain points came. Oh, yeah. He played really good for us tonight. He led us, and uh, the three might not be going down. and might not be making the shots, but uh, he did everything especially just not on offense. He helps us big time on defense. So, It's Colin Sexton. Thank you. Thank you. There's our guy Bowler and Colin Sexton. Uh, Colin, 29 minutes tonight, 3 of 9 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3. He had 9 points, an assist, and did uh, have a steal as well. His energy really was what I thought spurred the Jazz a couple times uh, in keeping that a game. Uh, didn't, you know, didn't, you don't look at his box and say he shot the ball particularly well, but you know, I can promise you the Kings felt his presence out there. Uh, his energy created turnovers. He got a, you know, just being alert, he got an easy inbounds pass, turned it into two points, um, just contesting it by the Kings. So a lot of the good things that I see Sexton doing, and it's nice to see his minutes up tonight. He did get in there and play more, which was uh, which was good. He was good in this game. Some great intensity on defense. Had some great defensive possessions against the Aaron Fox. That's not a good guard, or a, excuse me, an easy guard. And, uh, man, he just plays with so much energy. He, even like you uh, you mentioned, when he doesn't shoot the ball well, you can very easily notice the con- uh, contributions that he makes out there. And, and he just, you know, I've said it before, but he's a guy who plays a step too fast. There's one play tonight where he just got kind of in the middle of it all, and before he knew it, the ball was loose, and he was trying to scramble to get it in a pivotal moment. So, you know, as he starts to figure out the pace and, how to play really, really hard and energetic, but also under control. You know, that's when it'll it'll flip for him. And we've seen guys change their game for sure. Uh, so Colin finished tonight with nine. We'll get more player sound for you coming up right around the corner. We'll also get to tonight's uh, master of the glass as the Jazz fall by one to the Sacramento Kings, one twenty six to one twenty five. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs dot com. More coming straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz basketball. Score is printed. 
Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight, 126 to 125 to the Kings. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Coach Combe, how about this uh, stat nugget from our guy Ben Anderson? Uh, we talked about uh, DeMontes Sabonis, big game, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, ben threw this out there. Uh, covers the Jazz for kslsports.com. Uh, DeMontes Sabonis is only the second player in NBA history to shoot at least 12 for 12 from the floor while recording 11 or more rebounds and eight or more assists. Do you want to guess? Take a stab at who the other NBA player is. Who, by the way, did it three times? I don't man. Wilt Chamberlain. It's, that's the one. He did it three times in the last time. So this is the first time that's happened since that? February of 1967 when Wilt had 42 points, 30 rebounds, and 10 assists. Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, so we've Wilt. had some crazy stuff happen this week, right, with Doncic doing his thing and, like, history, history. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a good one for uh, for Saponis. Nice find there uh, to our guy Ben Anderson. Yeah, I guess we need to give him a little credit. Perfect from the field. Too bad he missed that free throw. It would have been perfect overall. Uh, let's get to the Master of the Glass, Coach. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass. Uh, it's a tie. Walker Kessler and Jared Vanderbilt both had eight rebounds tonight. You want to break the tie? Who are we giving it to? Oh man, I am. Let's go with uh, let's go with Kessler. Kessler, our master of the glass tonight. Eight rebounds, one on the offensive side. Uh, as the Jazz, let's see, they were out rebounded thirty-eight, thirty-seven. Not a not a big gap, but they couldn't get that one rebound that uh, they needed before Herter hit that shot. Uh, let's get back to Sacramento and hear from Lowry Markinen. But it's the rebound that we should have gotten, and especially with. I had two hands on the ball. I know somebody hit something. I think De'Aaron got his hand in there or something, but I had the two hands on the ball and then somehow lost it. And so obviously big, big play by Herder after that. So give credit to him and their team. They play well, but that was a tough one. Hard coming away from this road trip, knowing that it was yeah, that's the NBA. Uh, I thought we had to. I know we didn't play our best game in San Antonio, but we were close to getting that one too. So, a couple of things go differently. We're three and zero on this trip, and so it sucks. But it's the part of the league, and we have another chance tomorrow. So, we look at the film from this game, and we get better and try to get it one more. Uh, 
he's being he's been great. Obviously, having a great year leading the league in rebounds, and uh, just obviously he's been an All Star before for a reason. He's playing great basketball. He's he can do a little bit of everything. It's just rebound and push, facilitate. He's really good passer, and obviously he can score the ball too. So. He's having a great year, and uh, it's fun to go against those guys. And uh, wish we could have come up with the win, but uh, we get another chance with them in a couple of days. Obviously, it's disappointing to have the result the way it did, but just given how back and forth the fourth quarter was, like, is that fun to play in now when teams are trading buckets like that? Yeah, I wish we could have got, got a couple of stops. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's always fun to play those close games that's why we play basketball uh being in the clutch moments and just trying to do whatever we can at the end to trying to win the game but didn't go our way today but it was a fun game to be a part of so. what did you see on the final offensive possession for you guys and, um, you know what are some of the things that you feel that you could you guys could have done differently down the stretch uh, I take. Uh, I mean, I gotta be better. I just think Coach drew up a play to get me in a good spot. Uh, first again, De'Aaron Fox gets uh, his hand on the ball. I think I had a good look there. Shoot over top of Barnes from like ten feet, eight feet, and uh, but then second one, I think just. I know we. I had four seconds. I could have gone to the rim. I, I thought the angle wasn't the angle wasn't there, and thought I had a decent look that at a shot that I've been working on and uh, shoot all the time and felt good coming out of my hand. <clears throat> I made a couple shots before that, but just didn't go my way today. There you go, Lowry Markinen thought an interesting breakdown on that last shot that uh, didn't go his way, but he thought he had the angle. Yeah, and I could see that. You know, it was um, there was fatigue though. He he was hunched over there for a minute. I thought you know the, both teams played really hard, didn't have a whole lot left. And I think you know having learned that now, he'll understand he has a little more time. Probably the biggest thing is to catch it, come down, and assess. Um, you know, if if anything, jab step. Uh, you know, try to take a dribble to draw the defense, but he just kind of went right to a kind of a, what I thought maybe was a pre-designed in his mind move and um, came up short. 36 points tonight, though, for Lowry as he continues to be extremely impressive. 16 of 24 from the field, one of seven from three, so that's not ideal. But, you know, when the, the three ball's not going, find a way to be effective, and uh, he certainly did that tonight. Uh, five rebounds, and as he started off his comments uh, right there, wish he just had one more on that uh, that possession from the Kings. Yeah, and you know, to his credit, he left. I, you know, we've said it this couple times this year. He's left a little bit on the table. Had a good first half um, tonight. He was efficient. He was five for nine, um, but comes out in the second half and really kind of find ways to demand the ball uh, to go get it. So he, there was growth for him and. I like where his head is. I like that he doesn't get too high or low, understands the process of the thing. And I, I agree with him. They were a couple of plays here and there to being 3-0 and on this trip. As, as poorly as they played defensively in San Antonio, they still had a chance. So right. um, just, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But I, I, I really think these guys, Lowry's having just a magical year. He is. And let's continue to hope that uh, he gets a little recognition 
on the All-Star front as the All-Star game will be here in Salt Lake City, obviously. I think it would help if the Jazz could stack up a few more wins. It would right. make him uh, much more difficult to ignore. But, I mean, if he keeps putting up numbers like this, I said this the other a couple games ago, I mean, his his stats are his best resume. I mean, there's there's no doubt they're All-Star type numbers, including tonight. And he just gets it done on, on so few it's not like every single play is being run for him. He's got the ball in his hand making decisions. Although there were a couple of new sets tonight, I thought. You know, got him going downhill a couple times or ISOed a couple times. So, hey, that's great. So learn from the other night, but he, he's on he's on a great track right now. He was picking on uh, Harrison Barnes a little bit, backing him down and shooting over him. He got sure him right was. under the basket a bunch of times, you know. Yeah. I they can you've you've been talking about that a lot on and off the air. If they can find some creative ways to to get him the ball with a favorable matchup, he's I mean he's so big, he's so hard to stop. I mean Harrison Barnes isn't small, and he just backed him under the hoop and then turned around and scored with ease. And what's so nice about him is I, I do believe you can run something for him, uh, and he is you know uh, responsible enough in the game that if somebody comes and runs at him or he's going to make the right play, you know so. Just a, some sort of pin down to get him him going, but I, I just yeah he's he's having a special year and getting it done on on short usage compared to you know some of the, his colleagues. Oh, big time! I mean, uh, twenty four shots tonight is it, it feels like a lot for him, and you know watching Donovan Mitchell average over twenty shots a game, you know that was he did that fairly on the reg, and you look at sixteen of twenty four. That's pretty uh, efficient considering he missed six three-pointers. He was one of seven tonight from three. So you uh, do the, the quick math there, Coach. What is that, 16 for 18 from two? Yep. Include, really, I mean, he was 16 of 17 going into that last shot. That's right. So, I mean, you know, got, they called their guy. Let's put it this way. The, the right guy got the ball. Yep. And, and he should shoot it. And like he said, he didn't. He learned something from it, thought he had an angle, but he'll be better the next time. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. The Jazz fall to the Kings tonight, 126 to 125. We'll have more for you straight ahead. Jazz post game. Wow. The outcome is in the books. Let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim LaCoe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz Postgame, Jake Scott, Coach Tim LaCoe, 126-125 to is your final Jazz fall by one in Sacramento to the Kings. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Uh, I thought it was uh, an interesting answer from Lowry Markin, and we heard uh, from him in the last segment where he's asked about the kind of thrilling fourth quarter, which it was, and uh, going back and forth, and he said, wish they could get a couple more stops. Glad it was thrilling is essentially what he said, but uh, – they needed a couple more stops, and we've seen that a bunch this year. We're down the stretch, whether it's execution issues or just not being able to get the stop that they need. You know, it just is costing them some of these close ball games. Yeah, and sometimes it's it's like I feel like that play tonight that we've talked about a million times, the offensive rebounding series um, that Herter hit the three off of, ended up being the yeah, game winner. Game yeah. winner. Uh, but I felt like that the Jazz really were all over the place. They were flying around, contesting shots. Um, you know, Beasley, it looked like, went in and 
you know, just mistimed his jump for one of the rebounds. Uh, Markinen had one secured and kind of got poked away. So um, sometimes it's just, you know, it's bad, bad luck. And the Jazz in that instance tonight, they did everything just about right. Um, just couldn't end that possession and go shoot free throws to end it. It was not an effort issue. No, and, not And that particular sure. possession, it really wasn't a defensive issue. You know, they made De'Aaron Fox take a tough shot to begin with, and then he he took a putback. He probably makes more often than not, but missed that. And then, of course, uh, they got another offensive rebound, poking it away from Markinen, uh only for Herter, who really was amazing tonight. I mean, he he played one heck of a night, 30 points if you're just joining a 6 of 10 from 3, 12 of 18 from the field, and knocked down that open one. He's the guy Sacramento wanted to get that ball in the scramble, and he hits the game winner. You got to take a you know tip your hat to him, but it was the rebound that was the tough part to watch. And and typically the Jazz they, this year they've mentioned it a ton. They kind of lean into and embrace chaos. Um, you know they nearly had another chaotic victory tonight, um, but for not being able to get that rebound. Um, again, the uh, the Jazz played really well in, in spurts of this game, and the most impressive part to me is you can tell it's still a really resilient group um, because there were you – know, I, I thought coming in tonight this could be a game that Sa- Sacramento runs away, and, r- runs away and hides by virtue of how they play. And the Jazz were kind of on the verge of that a couple times, and the fight's still there. You know, the heartbeat's still there. Their ticker's still going. Uh, let's check out the Chick-fil-A Foul Shot Review of the Game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight, the Jazz from the line, 83%, 25 of 30. The Kings were 14 of 19. They were 74% from the line. So uh, Jazz led by Jordan Clarkson, who was 9 of 10 from the foul line. He was 8 of 12 from the uh, field, 0 of 2 from 3. 25 points for Jordan to go along with nine assists. Man, you've got to love that number. Uh, surprised. We we should have been talking about Jordan Clarkson more uh, tonight in the postgame. Coach, what a line from him. 25 points, nine assists, four boards, eight of 12 from the field. Uh, Jordan really had a good one. And that third quarter was really when he came out and, uh, and shined. Um, just not enough uh, toward the end, but nice game from Jordan Clarkson. I love that he had 10 free throws. I mean, it tells you his mindset was in the right place. You know, it's not one he was going to go try to, uh, you know, get somebody moving around and step back and shoot a three. He was taking the action of the defense. Um, and so you're right. And then nine assists, like, it is so impressive. I think that's the the piece of this. You talked about development earlier um, in in the couple segments ago, but the Jazz are great with development, and um, they have asked Jordan Clarkson to become more of a playmaker and a more efficient shot taker. Uh, he's 8 for 12 with 9 assists. That's that's pretty darn good. I We've said this a bunch this year, but I, I can't get over the fact that you and I were highlighting Jordan's four assist games last year. We are saying, oh, Jordan, four assists. Look at that. That doesn't happen all that often. And even in a post-game uh, uh, media session last year. He laughed when he got four assists as almost like, oh my gosh, that never happens. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's throwing up nine assists on the reg, but but the guy is playmaking, and we're seeing these big assist night from him, double-digit assist night from him, nine again tonight. Um, uh, I'm with you. It's one of the more impressive things about the season is you know a new challenge for a player that's a veteran, and he's going out and really succeeding. And he's carrying a ton of the leadership load, too, so Certainly somebody that when you talk about leaning into it and really kind of embracing what's there, he's definitely done that. I mean, I'm just looking at um, his his assists on his career. 
he's he's averaging about two point six. He's already over four four right now a game, um, all the while scoring twenty points per game. So, just a, a remarkable night for Jordan. You're right. Probably should have talked about that a little bit more. Um, got kind of caught up in the rebounding stuff, and then we saw Finnair. You and I don't make a a real habit of talking about a whole lot of trade rumors because, of course, they're just that, rumors. Uh, But the rumor that we hear about Jordan Clarkson over and over again is the Jazz absolutely do not want to part ways with him, want to keep him uh, a part of this franchise. And, you know, I I certainly don't believe all the trade rumors that uh, come across the old desk, but I believe that one. I believe the Jazz really want to uh, hang on to Jordan Clarkson and keep him part of the squad. I would guess that it'd have to be a pretty healthy trade offer to pry him out of here. Well, and I would say that by everything we've heard and seen from Jordan, he would love that too. Seems like it. Which is awesome, right? That's what you're looking for. So uh, a guy who's, in my mind, just he's playing the best basketball of his career um, right now, you know, as far as a full body of work and is, is so, you know, he's so embraced the challenge so uniquely that I, yeah, a cheer for him. Uh, so we'd love to see him around for sure. But he's also a guy I would imagine the type of season he's having. Uh, a lot of people are taking notice as well. He'll be in high demand. Right. Yeah. So I wonder, and this is just kind of going off on a little tangent, I wonder if he'd want to go back to the bench assassin role. Because I would guess if a contending team trades for him, that's probably what they're going to be trading for. I wonder if he likes not only starting, we get too caught up in starting, but the 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 playmaking role, the the leadership role, the it's it's he was so valuable to the club in his in his six man assassin role. Don't get me wrong, I mean six man of the year, uh, he he really made the most out of that. But it, it seems to me he's enjoying having a little bit more on this team. I, I totally agree with that. I think uh, he has, you know, Coach Hardy talked about it early that there there was going to be a, a differentiation in terms of how he's going to play. He wasn't going to be necessarily always have to be that guy that gets you know incendiary and and hot. He, he also he he had the ball in his hand more, and he can make plays. Uh, so I think that his his worth to this team's through the roof on the floor, off the floor, uh, and I am with you. I think that organizationally, I think is you know, they've got to be pretty happy they've got him here and locked up for a bit well from a from a pre-half and post-game standpoint he's still my favorite interview on the team numero uno so i hope he remains for a long time because i look forward to every time we get a chance to hear him on this particular show you know it's interesting we heard from lowry um jordan in in some respect you know how lowry went to cleveland and really honed his craft playing the three um, this could be a situation where you talked about perhaps if if it does come to the point where he does move, but think about the the value that's been in this year, being kind of a veteran on a team, asked to do a whole lot, asked to do stuff maybe you haven't been good at, but kind of hitting, embracing the challenging, hitting your goals. Um, you know, there's got to be a lot of power in that if he were to take that next step. And, uh, you know, that's really kind of how a career is built. Just what you learn, you take to the next place. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Jazz fall tonight by one to the Kings, 126 to 125. We put a wrap on the post game. Coming up next, you are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my! Jazz could tie with 1.14 to play. Marks and Francis to the front court on the far side. Crowd chance defense. Marks it off a marketing and pick. Swings to marketing for the lead. Got it! Lowry marketing. 31. First three of the night for Lowry. There's your play of the game, our guy David Locke, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection, LHMmono.com, driven by you. The Jazz come up a point short tonight against the Sacramento Kings, 126-125. to 125. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Odd box score uh, tonight from Lowry Markin in the sense that uh, you heard right there his only three-point make of the night. He was one of seven from three. However, he was 16 of 24 total from the field. He had 36 points, five boards uh, tonight as he turned in a really nice game, even when he didn't have the three uh, rolling. We talked uh, in the last segment, Coach Lacombe, about Jordan Clarkson, how he's rounded out his game. Well, so is Larry Markinen. You know, he's not just that three-point assassin. Had a great game, even then, uh, even though he didn't have it going from three. Yeah, and the, you know what's crazy is he he has his average night. I mean, it's he's make he he would make two more threes, um, you know. And then we're talking really special. We're talking forty five there. So um, he he's a he's having a really cool experience. You can kind of see it. Even tonight, I saw like okay, the other night the game you know drifted away from me. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to go get it. Um, and you know there were also some things I saw with the way the Jazz used him. Um, in out of timeout stuff, and then also just some plays. There's one particular handoff at the elbow that was getting him straight downhill, stuff like that. Um, we'll we'll see more of that, and I think we'll see his efficiency and his probably his scoring go up. Other uh, stats for you tonight: Jordan Clarkson. We uh, talked about him a lot in the last segment. 25 points, eight of 12 shooting, nine of 10 from the line. He had nine assists tonight for Jordan. Four rebounds. Two steals uh, as well. Jazz got 17 tonight from Mike Conley. He also had eight assists. Great night from him. Four of 11 shooting for Mike. Four of eight from three. Coming in off the bench, Walker Kessler, almost double-double. 11 points, eight boards uh, for Kessler. And they didn't give him that block in the first half. I thought they might go back and give that to him. He didn't have a block tonight. Although you and I swear he had one. They ran the floor and uh, got a dunk on the other end. It was a great uh, couple of uh, plays there from Walker Kessler. Beasley had nine uh, on four of 13 shooting. He's not shooting the ball well from three right now. One of seven from three for Malik. And Colin Sexton, who we heard from earlier, nine points from him in 29 minutes, three of nine from the field, 0 of three from three. For the Kings, they got 30 tonight from Kevin Herter, including the game-winning three. He had uh, 12 of 18 shooting, 6 of 10 from downtown. 28 from DeMontis Sabonis, who did not miss a shot. 12 of 12 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3. Had 11 rebounds, 8 assists to go along with those 28 points. De'Aaron Fox, 24 and 10 assists, a double-double from him. 10 of 24 shooting, 1 of 5 from 3. Uh, Coach Hardy actually noted that uh, that's a you know certainly a nice night from De'Aaron Fox, but they like the fact that it took 24 shots for him to get to those uh, 24 points. But nonetheless, the Jazz come up uh, one point short against uh, Sacramento. And you know what? It took a couple of really dynamic performances from Herter and Sabonis to beat the Jazz tonight. I know you know nobody likes uh, the moral victory card, but Sacramento had to absolutely pour themselves into this one to get the win. 
And the you know the thing that I I look at as you're reading those numbers, Clarkson had nine, Conley had eight, and Vanderbilt had six assists. Markinen had one, or excuse me, Olenek had one, Markinen zero. So twenty four assists from your starting five. Um, that's, Pretty good. That, that's a really good night. And then you you can just see from that right that the offensive rating is going to be good, which it was. Um, now just you know shore up a possession here, a possession there, and that's. Stuff we talked about before, stuff that drives coaches crazy. And uh, you know what? It's it's gone this far into the post game without mentioning the. Uh, I don't know. You could debate whether it was a dunk or not, but for post game purposes, we'll call it uh, a dunk. Lowry Markinen uh, going over the top of Demontis Sabonis and dunking him into uh, next week, next year. Yeah, it was. A, I called it a swish dunk because it was definitely a dunk. He was above the rim and threw it down. And threw it in. Did not grab the rim. Didn't grab the rim, which I don't know that you have to. It was just maybe a svelte, you know, like a svelte finished jet flying through the air and dropping the prize home. So we probably should have talked about that dunk more because it really was spectacular. But uh, probably glad we didn't talk about Rudy Gay's dunk attempt. Yes. That, that that was not that was that, that was, was more of a he went to the line though Lee model Ford <laughs> drew the foul yeah drew the foul um, the other you know the play right after Markin and dunked that phenomenal one he also got that lob yes he did came down from the Vanderbilt line from Vanderbilt one of the six assists and kind of cuff dunked that thing that was beautiful I like aggressive Lowry I like aggressive jazz yeah. I like when they're playing downhill Good call you know. Um, when everybody out there just feels like, hey, I can go make a play, but it only have it doesn't always have to be for me. I can make a play for somebody else. All right, coach, let's get a couple final thoughts from you before we turn the page to tomorrow night. Well, frustrating week. Um, I, I think the most frustrating thing is you can pinpoint probably 10 possessions if you could just flip them, and sometimes it's a bounce of a ball. Uh, but like Lowry said, that's the NBA. Um They'll have their opportunity to get you know off this losing streak tomorrow night. It's not going to be easy because they're playing uh, the second night of back to back. But so is uh, so is so Miami. Is Miami, right? So uh, at least both teams will be kind of in the same situation. I look for the Jazz to uh, hopefully get in a rhythm and make some shots. It's been a minute since they've really kind of made shots uh, consistently. So that's what I'm looking for tomorrow night. By the way, heat the heat with that Rocky Mountain back to back. That's tough. Got to fly through the snowstorm to get here tomorrow night. Uh, they lose to the Nuggets tonight, one twenty four to one nineteen. So uh, it'll be both squads will be digging deep for some energy tomorrow. And we talked about this with Locke, but uh, Minnesota ended up losing to Milwaukee. Right? You mentioned that. And no Rudy. No they, Rudy. So at least he didn't have to <laughs> go. Have that as well. How they beat the best team in the league without Rudy. They didn't need that. Can't seem to win with Rudy. Yeah, no, they did not need that. Big thanks to everybody who helped out with the broadcast tonight. Of course, Lock and Boone doing a great job calling all the action. Thanks to uh, Mike Smith, who jumped on with us in the pregame show. Thanks to uh, broadcast, uh, the broadcast assistants tonight that helped out. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of Jazz Broadcast. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show and the My Subaru Is campaign. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, 
but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.